All right, on the way to San Jose, as Champ likes to say, it's the return edition of Better's Last Day. And Matt here with you. I'm flying solo today. I guess I deserve that after being gone for two weeks. So uh, hopefully we can uh, get you some good information. Hope everybody had a good couple of weeks uh, vacation from paying attention to the show. Those of you who are uh, loyal listeners and watchers, we appreciate it. And uh, it's good to be back with you. Chris and Coach have bought you. Uh, Luke's umpiring cool. He's still winding down his uh, his uh, teaching responsibilities and school stuff, uh, or he's on the golf course, one, one or the other. But anyway, uh, good to be with you, Matt. Here, better's last stand. Uh, hopefully, you had some uh, some decent luck in the last couple of weeks, as we had uh, some some good winners. We've been giving out on Twitter and social media. Chubb does a great job as always, getting me set up to go. We got Sam joining the show here later. We've got plenty to talk about. Playoffs going on in the NBA and the NHL. We got USFL Week Seven. We got Major League Baseball. I'll talk a little bit about that. Give you a couple of interesting trends that I found. We got the Charles Schwab in golf. We got the French Open starting up on Sunday, which I'm very excited about. In Roland Garros, and then we got a gigantic weekend of racing, starting with the Monaco Grand Prix on Sunday morning, and then the Sandwich, uh, the Indy 500 around 12.45, and then the nightcap, the Coke 600 from Charlotte Motor Speedway and NASCAR. So great, great weekend of sports uh, on the holiday weekend. Um, it's hard to believe that, that June is almost here, but we're going to uh, get you geared up for the for the dog days of summer, which are here upon us quickly. Uh, it's, like I say, they're already the end of May, and it's not too far away before we'll be thinking about football. So I know everybody is excited about that. Uh myself excluded but uh no it'll be good to have football back at some point uh anyway let's not waste any more time uh, again good to be with you uh back here on betters last stand last week had a couple of good winners we had brooks kepka in the golf so if you're following our picks on twitter at the pondering podcast and then you can see our bls uh prp uh twitter i believe it's bls underscore prp or something along those lines but you'll be able to see it if you just look in the uh, pine room tweets we retweet a lot of that stuff uh, all the BLS stuff. So you'll find it either way. So at the Pondering Podcast, contact at the Pondering Podcast, um, at, yeah, contact at the Pondering Podcast.com. If you want to email us, uh, feel free to call the show on uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday here at WKKX as uh, we will be on our regular hours. Um, I'm back, at, back in the seat there for uh, another week, and then we will be off again for the next two weeks as I'm going back on vacation. I got to make the most of the time that I have. Uh, a slow period over at my real job. So anyway, BLS won't be on for the next two weeks, but we'll be back and ready to go and uh, with you every single week up until football and through football, probably at least until the holidays before we take another break. So looking forward to that. Uh, again, follow us on social media at the Pondering Podcast. Check us out, WKKX, seven hours a week now, 12 to 3 on Tuesday and Thursday, and from 2 to 3 on Monday. So that's seven hours of action. You can... Uh, Call the show, text the show. We're, we're happy to get as much uh, fan interaction as we possibly can. So looking forward to that. We have our big beer uh, release party on June the 10th of Generation. So be sure, mark your calendars for that. It's also the day of the uh, Belmont Stakes. So it should be, should be an entertaining day down at uh, Generations as we get ready to launch the Pine Room Logger. So exciting stuff. And be sure to check out the shop, thepineroomshop.com. Job put a bunch of new gear in there. Uh, if you're familiar with the radio show, you got Dan from Slobovia Gear, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be some Roy C. Mercer stuff, and uh, probably from Father Guido as well. So those are some of our regular callers. Uh, but again, enough 
enough wasting time with with that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I we appreciate everybody who follows us and, and pays attention. So, if we're redundant, we're sorry, but you never know when we could be capturing new audiences, and we're hopeful that we will continue to do that. So, this is Better's Last Stand, the Pine Room Studios betting show. Uh, I'm your host Matt, usually joined by Coach Chris and various others. Duke, uh, Luke is, is going to be back in the chair here soon, and uh, Cooley makes regular appearances as well. So uh, you'll be expecting to see those guys in the coming weeks. All right, so last week, Chris went 4-3 and three with our BLS picks. I, I didn't have time to track everything, how we've done, but we've done pretty decently. Had some good uh, AFL picks that I've been given, and as I said, Brooks Kepka at the PGA last week, a really nice winner. For me, uh, that I that I gave out um, on on actually on the radio show as well as on the uh, Twitter and social media, had Kepka and then we had National Treasure in the Preakness, so uh, a good good pick there. Uh, didn't pay a whole lot, so I'm sorry about that. But maybe if you had him on top in the Superfecta, you would probably come on with about a thousand bucks, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, just kind of the, similar to what I expected. Uh, the, the the one horse ridden by Johnny Velasquez would get the lead and kind of control the pace, and he had enough in the tank to to finish him off. Uh, Blazing Sevens coming pretty hard on the outside with Chad Brown, and uh, now we await to see who's going to be in the field at the Belmont. So excited for the Belmont here in a couple of weeks, but. Uh, we still got more. We got plenty of action, though, leading up to the Belmont. Coach won in three in his uh, golf matchups last week, but he did have a nice winner with the Nuggets in the uh, NBA playoffs, so they're already through, so that's a nice cashed winner. Um, last night's game, uh, the Celtics were able to stave off elimination. They come back from a deficit, win the game by 17, so they're on to game five tomorrow in Boston, which would be uh, Thursday night. If you're watching this Friday, it would have been last night, so we'll see how that turns out. Right now, Miami minus 275, the Celtics plus 220 on the series prices. Game five right now, Boston minus eight, the total 215.5. I mean, if Boston, the way Boston's played this year, it wouldn't surprise me if they lose at home. Uh, They've struggled at home. They just seem to not be focused all the time. So, But you may get their best effort again tonight if they, or tomorrow night. If you saw what they did last night, they played pretty well. So maybe they put together another one and get it back to Miami for a game six, and then uh, the pressure starts to turn. So if you're uh, interested in getting the piece on the Celtics, plus 220, maybe you want to get down on that right now. It's uh, it's getting to the point where you, you expected the Celtics to be in this series, and, and a 4-0 sweep was pretty improbable, and it, it turned out that didn't happen. Uh, in hockey, we got a couple of uh, potential three-game or four-game sweeps. Is uh, Dallas, after a terrible penalty last night by Jamie Benn, which put them shorthanded, a major penalty, game misconduct. Uh, Vegas ended up scoring and then scoring shortly after the power play expired, so they were up three nothing very quickly in that game. Dallas fans littering the ice in disgust as the as the game went on. Uh, just a horrible all-around performance by the Stars. They've been outmatched in this series, which is strange because the teams are very even. But uh, they've not gotten the goaltending we expected from Jake Ottinger. I'm going to ask Sam about that in the, in the coming segment, in segment number three when we talk racing. He gave Ottinger out a great, great pick uh, to win the Conn Smythe Trophy if Dallas was going to win the Cup. And you, you figure they would ride him to the promised land. And he has not performed well in this series. So I don't know if it's wear and tear, if it's uh, pressure, whatever it is. Uh, Vegas looking very strong right now. Florida looking very strong. And one nothing shutout by Sergey Bobrovsky. 
uh, who is the favorite now to win the Consmite. So at plus 210. So I think that's a pretty good price on him. Uh, Matt Kachuk's going to take some money. And then Vegas has several guys who who will be in the mix. Uh, the, the goaltender Hill, who's playing really well out of nowhere. Uh, Marsha Show, uh, Eichel, these guys all have a shot. So uh, I wouldn't say other than Bob Rofsky, if Florida wins it, he's absolutely getting it. Unless you would see a Game 7 situation or something where a guy has a couple goals. Similar to like a Max Talbot, where that guy comes out of nowhere and, and wins you the series. In, in, a, in a win or go home type uh, setting, but Kachuk and Bobrovsky most likely. Bobrovsky, Vegas probably has three or four guys that could be uh, potential candidates. So we'll talk more about that as we get into the finals, which will probably be set up next week. The way these series have gone, NBA and the uh, NHL both pretty quick series so far. If we get some finish off games tonight and tomorrow, uh, we may have nothing. For a while, uh, NBA at least bought a couple more days as they got the uh, Celtics through, as we just discussed. The Nuggets await the winner of that series, and the Nuggets are probably pretty happy right now. They got the time off. They want that series to continue to go. Those teams are getting worn down, and uh, the Nuggets will be pretty hefty favorites, um, especially against the Heat. Against Boston, it's going to be pretty even, but uh, right now I, I trust the Nuggets. They're playing really well, and they seem to have a really good mindset about them. So I think you'll see them... Um, take significant money, and 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 right now uh, with uh, uh, Jokic being the the player that he is, getting the MVP in the Western Conference Finals, uh, you have to expect them to be very tough to beat. And uh, I don't know, it should be a good series regardless, and uh, we we shall see how how things unfold. But uh, it's it's tough when you get to this point in the leagues, and they probably want seven game series or six game series, and they're not able to get them. So you have a lot of uh, a lot of frustrations, I'm sure, at those various league offices, but this is the way things work, and you can't really, uh, other unless you're the NBA, you can fix the games, I guess, but uh, most of the other sports are, aren't really able to be fixed, so we'll see. Well, I don't really know if that's the case or not, but uh, anyway, a couple bad beats from uh, the other day. This one stuck out to me. Uh, I had this game, Pirates-Rangers on Monday night, under 9.5. Uh, I was 1-1 in the seventh inning. Things cruising along pretty well. Good pitching matchup. Pirates score five in the bottom of the, of the seventh, so they're they're up 6-1. Uh, to one. Then the Rangers get one in the eighth and two in the ninth off of uh, two off Bednar in the ninth. So uh, they'll put it at 10, of course, and the game goes over. So 6-4 final, the Pirates win. So baseball, you can find these every single night. Just terrible, terrible bad luck breaks. Whether they're overs, unders, you have games where they start out on fire. You have the first five over, and you need one more run. You get four in the first. You need one more. You can't get it. Same thing, late innings. Uh, you might be 7 nothing in the third inning, and you can't get another run or two that you need to get it over the top. So baseball, endlessly frustrating. It, it really never ends. I'm going to talk more about that in segment number two when we talk golf and tennis and then racing in the third block of the show. But uh, and some things that are coming across the uh, sports betting landscape right now, and in case you're interested, multiple sources reporting that the NFL is investigating a, a second potential wave of violations uh, in his gambling, of his gambling policies. And they didn't really say if it's players or administration or staffers or whatever it could be. Everybody is banned from betting uh, on the sport. So um, I'm not really sure what it entails, but we'll look forward to seeing more of that. You're going to start to see these guys really getting hammered with these suspensions. But if you're a pro athlete and you're making a very, very good living, um, you would be wise to not be doing this. Um, I, now, I do, I'm in the camp to think they should be able to bet on the sports that aren't theirs. I don't see anything wrong with that. And most of them are able to do that. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the policy for the NFL. Seeing this is pretty new. Um, you, you you really, Nevada was the only state you had to worry about this. I mean, now you got it in 
in over 30 states. So uh, we'll see. Keep an eye on that. Hopefully it's not anybody on any teams that I like, but uh, we'll see what, what comes of that. But you're going to see more scrutiny, and I'm sure this is happening in other leagues, and it just hasn't been discovered. Um, but we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, Sportsbook's very relieved the Lakers are out. They had a large liability, a lot of uh, six-figure and seven-figure liabilities at many of the big books across town, and, and especially in Las Vegas, you get a lot of uh, California with no legalized sports betting. You get Everybody from California drives across the border to Nevada to uh, make their wagers. So you had a real big relief when the uh, when the Lakers got knocked out by the Nuggets. As I said, it was going to be a very very uh, ugly bloodbath for the for the uh, sports books, especially Nevada. Several other books though um, across the country, but Nevada really would have been hit hard because of being adjacent to a state that doesn't have. Uh, sports betting and so many Lakers uh, fans in the area. It's a Lakers town out in, in Las Vegas, so pretty interesting stuff there. So they dodge a bullet as they normally do. Uh, Sportsbooks netted $17.6 billion since 2018, since the Supreme Court ruling, which legalized sports betting in all 50 states if they wanted it. $17.6 billion. That's not bad. That's, that's a net. So you can just imagine what the handles have been. Uh, giant states, uh, New York, and Ohio getting into the mix, Illinois. I mean, you have a lot of big states doing a lot of damage to these markets. It's been it's been pretty cool to see, and uh, you would expect more to follow. Uh, it's going to continue to grow in uh, big states like Florida and California. Florida possibly in 24, so people are probably pretty excited about that. California continues to be derailed as the native casinos are putting up quite a fuss. We also have native issues in Florida, but they've gotten a little bit closer to working those out. So more to come on those. I actually have a good contact uh, in Florida. And when the time comes, when we get close to Florida, probably have him on uh, one of our various shows, probably the radio show to talk about what that unveiling is going to be like and what to expect down there in Florida as the Hard Rock Sentinel Casinos, I believe, control all the rights in Florida for sports betting, and they expect it to possibly be available in 2024. Uh, the Westgate Superbook opened a really neat book at Camden Yards in Baltimore. So there's a book right there. They got an app in Maryland as well, which I was using while I was on vacation. Nice app, uh, similar to uh, the, the old app that we had at Wheeling, actually. I believe it's run by the same company, but... Uh, yeah, it's a nice app. Westgate does a great job. Uh, I believe Jay Cornegay, the, the director, was out there from, from Las Vegas, and they've got Westgate Superbooks in a couple of spots now. they got one down at Cincinnati uh, in Ohio and then uh, over in Baltimore. So good stuff. Glad to see the Westgate expanding East Coast. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really cool book, and before Circle was built in Nevada, it was the premier book to watch out in uh, on the Strip. But uh, Circa downtown now, the greatest sports book in the world. If you haven't checked that out, be sure, and, and if you're out that way, be sure to at least go in because it's definitely worth it. If you like sports betting, you're going to want to see it. Uh, it's quite a Taj Mahal. Uh, all right, so a few other things. Uh, college baseball, we got that uh, conference tournament week is uh, starting off right now. I know Jarrett's pretty excited about that. You hear us talk about it on the show uh, on the radio regularly. Uh, we got regionals, the super regionals coming up later uh, this month. Well, actually, not this month. It'll be end of may early june and then on to the world series which would be june 15th through the 26th see if west virginia can uh, make some noise in the big 12 tournament and then host potential regional uh in morgantown which would be something i don't believe they've ever done uh wake forest right now the favorites plus 350 lsu plus 450 arkansas 10 to 1 those are your top top choices uh one betting tip that i want to say um if if you're not familiar with college baseball if you like it a little bit if you like it a lot um 
be looking at some of these SEC teams. Uh, SEC is widely thought to be the best league in baseball, and I don't think there's really any argument against that. They, they're loaded. There are probably seven, eight teams in that league that could win this World Series. So all they need to do is make it. So if you can get a team who can draw a pretty good regional, most of them will host the regionals in the, in the, this is the first round of regionals. So if they're able to put themselves in a good position where they're able to save pitching, advance on, and get some favorable breaks, if you can get a couple of these uh, teams in the regionals to get through, all they need to do is make it to Omaha, and they're going to have a chance. So that that's the key. It's it's not it's it's really more about that because the way baseball breaks and you have all these pretty good teams, you can see team like last year, Ole Miss and Arkansas, kind of teams that were not really under the radar, but they were mid priced teams. I mean, you you had those teams at 75, 80 to one at one point late in the season. So uh, we're not going to get a price on any of anybody like that this year. But you can take take a look at, at Florida at twelve to one right now, Tennessee thirteen to one. I'd also take a look at some of these teams who are pretty safely in the NCAA tournament who may bow out early in the conference tournament. They may be more focused on that. So you could get, you know, Florida gets bounced, Tennessee gets bounced, South Carolina 15 to 1. Those teams, they may drift up to 25, 30 to 1, um, getting ready to enter the NCAA tournament. So when by the time they get into regionals, it could be a decent price. Keep an eye on them. If you want to take a shot, uh, I, I suggest you do that. If you're going to want to bet LSU uh, or uh, some of the other favorites, uh, you, you may, you may want to wait, but I I don't know. I guess not. You, you probably are going to get a decent value on them right now. 450, as I said, on LSU, 10 to 1 on Arkansas. They're kind of the favorites. Wake Forest, the favorite, though, overall. But Clemson taking a lot of uh, interest in, in that league. West Virginia currently sitting at 33 to 1. Clemson, 36. Texas, who just took out the Mountaineers last weekend, 30 to 1. So be, be start to get get an eye, uh, watch a few of these conference tournaments, get an eye for some teams that maybe you think have a little pitching depth and could be decent tournament teams or short series type teams. But you can get some decent prices on these baseball uh, college world series games because or these futures because there's so much uh, you know variance there. These teams are pretty evenly matched, and it basically is how the ball bounces. Certain things, a guy makes a key play, a guy gets a key hit. Values there to be had. There's not any team that's so so good that you're you're not going to be able to you know potentially uh, steal a, a series or or a game in, in the pool play or however, however you think it can go. It, none of these teams are so good that they're going to be overwhelming favorites. So take a look at it if you if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, I suggest jump on it. Women's College World Series will be coming up next week, uh, June 1st through the 9th. Oklahoma the favorite. Now this is a little bit different. Oklahoma a significant favorite minus 170 right now to win the women women's World Series. So. Um, if you're looking for value there, I'm probably going to suggest you look at Florida State's been a perennial uh, good team. They're they're very very strong program, so I think you want to look at teams like Florida State. They can they can uh, continue. They have a lot of experience. Oklahoma does too, so that's you're not going to beat them out there. Tennessee's ten to one right now, uh, but as I said, Florida State six to one. Tennessee ten to one. Stanford twelve to one. Duke fifteen to one. Alabama fifteen to one. Those are some of your top choices. Uh, the women's region was still going on right now, so you still have some softball to be played there. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, always a good tournament. I encourage people to watch it. The college softball, much more enjoyable to watch, in my opinion, than the college baseball. The games are quicker. Uh, they're cleaner. And they, they these these girls can play. So uh, I highly recommend uh, checking that out. But nonetheless, got some good things to, to bet on here as we head towards June. College sports winding down. These are the last two things on the docket for the most part. Um, NFL. So we, we're looking at some of the uh, NFL week one, some of the lines. Uh, we just wanted to mention this to people 
I know people would sit here and tell you you're insane for betting week one of the NFL right now. Like, why would you do that? And nobody knows anything. Well, that could also work in your favor. So you have situations where maybe you can get a better line on these teams. Maybe, maybe things are, for instance, the opening game on Thursday night. Maybe uh, you you like the Lions right now plus plus seven. You jump all over the Lions, and then maybe the Chiefs don't look good. Maybe they have some injuries. Maybe their receiving core is not coming together, and then maybe that line drops down to three and a half, four, and then you can bet the Chiefs, and you can win both ways. So I I, I really encourage people look through these lines. They they're all they're out pretty much everywhere. The the week one matchups. If you if you like a team. Take a shot. Take a shot. Things can change. Yes, I know. And sometimes you'll get the wrong side of the number. But if there's a team that you think is in a good spot, whether they're catching points or laying points, and you think, boy, you know, I would expect the public to be on this team or things would, you know, sway the other way or whatever. So, for instance, uh, week one, Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Division game, Jacksonville right now laying three and a half. Uh, Indianapolis, a lot of uncertainty at their quarterback spot. So I can see this line going up. Jacksonville is going to be a very hot public team this year. So you right now could probably play the Jags minus three and a half. And then by the time week one comes around, they may be laying six. They may be laying six and a half. You got a field goal to play with in an NFL game. And as we know, all these points are precious, especially the key numbers, the threes and the sixes and the sevens. Those are ones you want to try to get if you can. So then you come jump right back in on uh, opening weekend and take the six and a half or seven with the Colts. So you could win both sides of your bet there. I encourage people to try to do that if you can. I know it's tying up some money. But, uh, you know, if there's a game you really like, Packers, Bears, 49ers, Steelers, whatever. But if you think the 49ers eventually will be laying more, like say they get some good news in their quarterback on the quarterback front, somebody's looking pretty good for them or Purdy's back. Dottie would be back week one, but you never know. 49ers laying three on the road. Maybe that turns out to be six on the road, and then you can come back and play the Steelers later. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot, you know, a lot of validity and, and, and kind of uh, looseness to these lines. So you're going to see – the, a lot of erratic changes based on training camp reports, based on uh, injuries, things like that. So keep an eye on it. You can probably try to middle some of these. You can do the same thing in college, too. If there's a game of the year you like, you get uh, Alabama or Georgia, you know, you get these teams laying uh, three or four or five points, and then by the time that the, the game comes around, they're laying 12. So you can then take the take the dog or whoever they're playing. So you got games of the year out there. A lot of good, a uh, lot of good things to look at and study up on as you uh, as we await for football to be here because everybody gets bored this time of year, especially you know come July and August. But there's things to be out there studying. You can be looking at division winners and all kinds of stuff, and we'll have detailed things here on Better's Last Stand when we get Luke and Coach back and start to dive into the NFL, going through the divisions as we did last year. But uh, I just wanted to mention that you can you can hunt some lines down right now, get them at soft spots, and and then have a shot of winning two sides of the same game. So that's always a, a, a spot as a better that you can't lose in. You can uh, you can scratch out or you can win both. So that's always a good spot to be in. So keep an eye on that. If you got any questions, contact thepoundrypodcast.com. And you can call our show on the radio anytime and ask me about that. I'll be happy to discuss. Uh, One last thing in the first block here, USFL. We're in the week seven right now. And uh, just some of the things that I have, I got to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of this. I have followed the games. Uh, Michigan's lost four straight now by double digits after a 2-0 start. So struggles for Michigan. I'm not sure how good they are. They're catching six against the New Jersey Generals this week. So that could be a spot maybe for Jersey. Jersey leads the league in rushing, but they've also lost three in a row. So something's got to give in that game. And then Birmingham and New Orleans square off in a battle with the teams uh, or the league's two best offenses. So you got teams that can score some points there. Um, 
New Orleans has grown a lot. They've improved a bunch since the first week when I watched them play Pittsburgh. So Birmingham and New Orleans, I expect some points in that game. So let's go through these real quickly. Saturday, Birmingham and New Orleans, a 4 o'clock kick on Fox. Birmingham, a one-point road favorite, total 44.5. I'm going to be going over in this game, so over 44.5. And then the nightcap, Saturday night, Philadelphia Stars at the Pittsburgh Maulers. That game is being played in Canton. That's Pittsburgh's home field, I believe, for all their games. Philadelphia minus two on the road. The total is 40. I'll be going under. Pittsburgh continues to struggle on offense, and Philadelphia has not been very good either. So I'm thinking this will be a... uh, Eh, 17-13 type game, um, you know, maybe 21-17 even keeps it under. I wouldn't expect too many more points. Uh, let's go go to Sunday, 2.30 kick on USA. Houston Gamblers at the Memphis Showboats. Like this game over, I think Houston and Memphis both have improved a little bit on offense, so I'm going to be going over there. And then Michigan and New Jersey, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, a 5.30 kick on FS1 on Sunday afternoon. Going to be going... Uh, with the under in this game, both these teams have struggled. Offenses have not been very good. Uh, the Generals could run the ball, so I expect the clock to, to go. And the under 43, and New Jersey's laying six in the game, the total 43. So I'm going to be going under in that game. So that's uh, under in Michigan, New Jersey, under 43, over 42.5 in Houston and Memphis. And then the Pittsburgh and Philadelphia game under 40 in Birmingham, New Orleans, over 44.5. I found it a little bit easier to bet totals in this league than the sides so far as you're just not sure what you're going to get out of some of these teams. Uh, All right. Well, that does it for block number one here of Better's Last Stand. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Major League Baseball. Got some interesting trends. We're going to dive into golf and tennis, one of my favorite sports, a very underrated betting sport. We're going to talk about that. And then the final block of the show, we're going to talk to Sammy P. Out of Upper St. Clair, we're going to go through the F1 IndyCar and NASCAR races this weekend. Pretty excited about those. All right, much more to come here on Better's Last Stand. We'll be right back. Better's last stand. Matt with you here. The rest of the guys out on various activities. It's a nice day outside, so I don't blame them. I've been off for a couple of weeks, so not uh, not a problem. I'm glad to take the reins and uh, get you through a, another loaded version of Better's Last Stand. We're actually up to show number 40 now, so hard to believe. We're winding down the first year here as football comes. We started this up in uh, late summer last year. Talked a ton of football. Had you a bunch of uh, season winners. And, you know, what you're you're going to get from us is you're going to get a real honest approach here about just betting in general. I work in the business. I've been around the business my whole life in one way or another, following it and just ensconced in it. Uh, coach, been doing it his entire life. So you, you have a, a lot of uh, good insight here. And we're not going to sit here and tell you that we can win all the time and, uh, you know, are going to you know give you out picks that are automatics. There's just no such thing. And anybody that tries to tell you that is obviously – trying to fool you but we're, we're not we're not asking you for uh for for you know to uh give us money or send us checks in the mail although i think at some point we may try to start a service up uh i feel like our our plays are, are pretty our strong plays are, are pretty pretty good our top plays are pretty strong 
And I, I feel good about that. The problem that you run into with the sports betting landscape is the willingness to want to do it, or I don't want to say the willingness, but the desire to do it every day. And it's just not going to probably work for you in the long run. But if you're disciplined, if you have a personality that's not an addictive, compulsive personality, you can do all right at this. Uh, I, I do believe that. And uh, discipline is the whole key. And, uh, you know, you're not going to hear that in a lot of places. People want you to bet. You see these betting commercials on TV every day. Make it look so easy. And uh, it, it's it's not. But it, it, the more you learn, the better you'll be. And you pick your spots. And if you have strong opinions and convictions and you are educated enough about the sport to have those, then I, uh, I encourage you to take a shot. Dip your toe in. Uh, invite some friends. Try to teach them about it. Have contests against each other. Practice your your craft. Find out what you're good at. Uh, there's a new service called Juice Reel that'll that'll uh, kind of tap into all your apps and it'll start to tell you where, you know where you uh, where you're good at. Whether you're good at sides and or whether you're good at totals or sides in basketball or baseball or whatever. Uh, you got all kinds of different things. You got future bets. You got all kinds of, of different options that they'll track for you to tell you. Hey, you know what? I didn't know I was good in first five innings of baseball. I'm I'm better at that than I thought. Or I absolutely suck at NBA totals. I'm not going to bet those anymore. So yeah, um, I I've I downloaded Juice Reel, been playing around with it, exploring it. It uh, seems like a pretty good thing. It's free. Doesn't cost you anything. You just log in with your with the apps that you have, and uh, there's a pay service on there for advanced things. But as far as just tracking your your info and uh, your statistics, it's it's a pretty good tool and keeps track of your uh, your wins and losses. And I don't do this, but I've always wanted to, is, is chart your bets and uh, Juicery will do it for you because you may find things that you're good at that you didn't even realize. Golf outrights or golf matchups or top tens in racing. It's like, wow, I'm 75% of these. This is what I should focus on because I'm good at these. But um, And then cut out the things that you're not good at. And that's the tough part. Um, watching games, got soccer on in here. I actually don't have any bets on these games. Brighton and Manchester City and Espanol and Atletico Madrid. Soccer season winding down. Um, we, uh, you know, you, you just can't you can't bet on everything and win on everything. It's just impossible. So pick your spots. If you got questions, again, contact the Pine Room Podcast. Call into the show. Uh, text, email, whatever you want to do, uh, get a hold of us. All right, so let's dive in here. Section two of Better's Last Stand. And again, we'll be joined by Sam in the final uh, half an hour or so of the show. So a few things stick out to me MLB-wise. The Mets, they're uh, they're starting to win a little bit, but they're not covering the run line, so that's still a concern to me. I'm worried about this team, their lineup. They're, they're probably still going to make the playoffs just because – and if they stay healthy, if Scherzer and Verlander stay healthy, they'll probably be decent enough to just get in there. But I don't like this team till they till they upgrade their lineup a little bit. The bottom part of their lineup's just not good enough. Uh, I have no faith that they're better than the Braves or the Dodgers in the National League. And I think it's pretty clear to see that those are the two teams to beat in the National League. So uh, I'm a little passive on the Mets. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm fading them or anything, but they're. Oh, for oh and six, their last six uh, covering the run line. So just just little things like that to stick out. Padres one and nine to the over, uh, their last ten. And I think that was last night. So Padres really struggled to score runs. That's a team that I think will eventually get it on track, but they, their pitching's not been very good. I'm wondering if Bob Melvin doesn't get fired here soon because they really need a shake up. They spent money. It looks like uh, Blake Sm- Blake Snell, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove. These guys just aren't stepping up and then their lineup's not hitting so 
Uh, trouble for the Padres. Uh, hopefully they'll get it righted, but the Diamondbacks and Dodgers are going to have them buried by then. D-backs 9-1 and one on the run line. Their last 10 in the Pirates were the team that took them out. So, uh, but Although they did uh, win that series, it, the, the D-backs are tough. So they're, they're a team that needs to be respected. You're getting good prices on them a lot now, too, because people haven't caught on. Them and the Texas Rangers have been two teams that I think have been underpriced, uh, and, and you can get some value on the Orioles as well. People just aren't believing in these teams, and they're good. It, it, there's enough baseball that's played. We're, we're a quarter of the way into the season. The Diamondbacks, Rangers, and Orioles are good teams. And I'm not saying they're going to win or they're going to make the playoffs for sure or they're going to win divisions, but these are good teams. And if you see them as uh, plus money at home, uh, with decent, you know, a decent guy on the mound, you know, take a shot because they're getting disrespected. The Orioles were dogs uh, up at Toronto last weekend and, 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 you know, carried themselves very well in that series. They played the Yankees tough last night. Aaron Judge hits a home run off Bautista, who's been just great out of the bullpen. He struck the side on anyway, but uh, Yankees luck out there. Yankees playing a little bit better. I, I still have zero faith in them. Garrett Cole's not a big game pitcher. They don't have the pitching to win in October, and they don't have the lineup to win in October. They got one man, and uh, basically when he's out of the lineup, they're nothing. Stanton's out. I, I don't, I'm not buying the Yankees at all, but that division is good enough. I think that the AL East is so good that, yeah, these teams are they could get four in, but I, as far as winning in the playoffs, I have no faith at the Yankees, and I know I'll be in the minority on this one, but the Rays, uh, starting to see chinks in the Rays big time. Their lineup's not good enough. Their starting pitching is erratic. I mean, McClanahan's very good. A couple other guys, they'll get Glasnow back. Their their bullpen has not been nearly as good, and that's where they, you know, that was their bread and butter for years. Best bullpen in the league, hands down. It's not as good. Orioles got a better bullpen than them. Uh, Orioles starting pitching has been a little bit better of late. Um, I, I am not a Tampa. I think the time to uh, sell on Tampa's right now. I think you can unload unload against them right now. You could take a shot with any of the various teams. Whether it's the Yankees, the Orioles, the Blue Jays here in last place. It's kind of a revolving carousel. All those teams are good and uh, over five hundred. So uh, AL East up for grabs. I think um, as we get. As we get closer, I'm not saying the Rays are going to be terrible the rest of the year, but I I don't buy. I didn't buy that start they had. I thought they got very favorable schedule, and they're just they're a good team. They're not great, and uh, I think they're very vulnerable. A's on pace to be scored by over 600 runs. That's almost impossible. Uh, they're they're struggling. Their their win totals, I believe, 47 and a half this morning. I don't know if they can get there. It's gonna gonna take a while a, a wild finishing uh, you know finish to the season for them to be able to do that. They they've had the, they've only got ten wins, and if if they get to win 30, 37, 38 more games, seems unlikely. But you also got to remember by the time July comes around, after the All Star break, a lot of these teams are out of contention. Uh, the you know the, they'll sell off assets, trade guys, bring up younger people. So the A's are going to have some some chances. And you know it, it's been tough for teams, even as bad as a lot of these teams in recent years have been, to lose that many games. So. So we'll see uh, see what actually happens with the A's. I, I wouldn't recommend a bet on that under. I know they're really bad, and they're probably the worst baseball team I've ever seen, but that's just a lot of things can change here uh, as we approach the All-Star break as, as some teams fall out. Rangers 0-14 in road night games when Dane Dunning is starting since 2021. This happened again the other night at the Pirates at PNC Park. They lose Dane Dunning on the hill. 
So the Rangers, who I mentioned, have been a very good team. Uh, don't bet Dane Dunning on the road at night. That's that's the lesson here today. If you listen to anything or learn anything from today's show, that is what you learn. Don't bet Dane Dunning on the road at night. He must go out and get tanked when he's in these cities. Uh, I don't know. Something Dane better switch up. But anyway, that's enough baseball. Uh, Central division in the American League is absolutely horrendous. Um, Cardinals coming alive in the NL Central. Brewers, I don't think, are very good. Pirates, eh, fading. Cubs, um, Coach and I are high on them, but they're they're probably a year early. So we'll see. They're going to be inconsistent from time to time. And uh, I think it's the Braves and the Dodgers right now in the, in the National League. I just don't see any way around it. Astros is playing great baseball in the American League. And some of those teams in the AL East um, are going to beat each other up a lot, but when they step outside the division, I think you're going to see them really put it on uh, on teams. And if the Orioles could add a pitching uh, veteran arm of some sort, yeah, maybe the Pirates will trade Mitch Keller to them. But uh, <laughs> I think they could be very dangerous. I, I know people think that the Orioles are inconsistent or they're too young to win. Their lineup is their top six hitters are as good as anybody right now. And these guys are only going to get better. This this isn't the point where guys are coming up and they don't know how to hit major league pitching and they can't hit breaking balls or so on and so forth. This These guys are already ready to hit. So their, their lineup is exceptional. And I know that they don't get on TV a lot, so people don't know that. So don't don't buy into the to the narrative that the you know the Orioles have got to come to to you know come you know to the point where they're going to flatten out or take a step back or you know they're winning games right now that can't last they're not they're too young they're too inexperienced I agree with the on the pitching side of things I agree some of their young guys are, are continuing to improve uh, Grayson Rodriguez and uh, a couple of the other really young guys. Uh, you know, even Dean Kramer's been pretty decent for him. Uh, you, you have they're they're gonna they're gonna have hiccups the pitching, but the the lineup they're they're not going anywhere. These guys are really really good. So uh, don't 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 buy into the popular thought that the, you know the Orioles will eventually come back to earth and, and not be able to win these games. I think they'll be a contender the whole way. Um, it's going to be interesting. Astros and Rangers in the West going to be going to be tough. Um, I, I no one in the Central really would scare you. And then in the East, uh, right now I'd have to say the National League, to me, should be favored to win the World Series. I think that the Braves and the Dodgers are better than anybody uh, in the in the American League, for the exception of the Astros, who I still think, once they get fully healthy, Brantley, Altuve, get going, and, and, and they get a little stabilized. they got some young guys that are working in the rotation. I think they'll be pretty good, too. So uh, lots to look forward to in baseball. We're only a quarter of the way through. It won't be long. It'll be the All-Star break. Yippee. All right, let's go to golf. Uh, last week uh, we had a nice winner with uh, Brooks Kepka at the PGA. It was a it was a great uh, great tournament, tough course, which I always enjoy. This week we got the Charles Schwab Invitational in Fort Worth, Texas. This is at the Colonial. Uh, Jordan Spieth really really good at this at this tournament at this course. It's his best course. He loves this course. He's twelve to one this week. Um, I'm I would normally say I'd be in on Spieth in this tournament because he just plays so good and. The chances of him getting the top 10 or top 5 in this are really, really good. But his injury, his wrist, is a concern to me. And uh, I won't be taking a shot with him at that short of a price. Uh, I do think probably he's going to be a good bet if, if his health holds up. Scotty Scheffler, the favorite, though, this week. Plus 450. He's a Texan, too. He could he could be pretty dangerous here. Uh, I would expect him to, to be a tough contender. But as you know, I'm not going to give you the favorites at these uh, events. I just don't think that's... 
that's the way you go about doing it. Uh, it's going to be the U.S. Open coming up here in a few weeks as well, so keep an eye out for that. You got John Rom Scheffler and Rory McIlroy, and I've said this many times on our various platforms here at the Pioneer Podcast and Better's Last Stand. I can't understand the Rory McIlroy love from odds makers and betters. People continue to bet him at, at ridiculously low prices. He hasn't won a major in nine years. He's not really threatened to win a major in a long time, and he and he's always the third choice in these tournaments, and he has. Lower odds than Brooks Kepka to win the U.S. Open. I find that ridiculous. Kepka should be favored in the U.S. Open, and you're going to get him at the fifth, sixth choice, 16, 18, 14 to 1. Uh, Kepka's back, and he's as good as it gets. And, uh, you know, I, I expect him and Scheffler. I imagine Rom would bounce back after a subpar performance at the PGA. But do not bet Rory McIlroy. You can't bet him at that number. I don't care if you think he'll win or not. You cannot be taking 12 to 1 on him. 11 to 1, 9 to 1. That's insane to do. You're you're burning money. He is not going to win a major anytime soon. He cannot putt. He will do the same thing he always does. Yeah, he's a decent play. You know what the time to play Rory McIlroy is? When he has a terrible first round and you want to uh, play him to finish in the top 20 or something when he's buried down in 70th place. Because on Sunday morning, he'll wake up, no pressure on him. He'll be nine shots off the lead. And then he'll shoot a good score, and he'll get up in the top 10 or the top 20. And that's what he does. He's, he's not a pressure guy. He caught golf in a couple of years when it was between Tiger. Tiger was pretty much done, and the new crop of guys was still a little young, and they weren't there yet. Rory McIlroy was just born at the right time, uh, or he would have no majors, in my opinion. He's not very good, and he came along in a, in a time in golf where there was a law between the Tiger and the kids who followed Tiger and emulated Tiger, uh, you know, the, the Dustin Johnsons, the Jordan Spees, the Justin Thomases, uh, those guys, when they all came on the scene. So uh, Roy should be happy that he that he caught that four- or five-year period where he was able to steal a couple majors because I don't find him to be very good at all. Yeah, he's a great iron player and a decent ball striker, but his putting's terrible, and he doesn't have the mental makeup, in my opinion, to uh, outdo anybody. So anyway, that's my rant about Roy McIlroy. Do not bet him until further notice. He needs to be – you start getting him at 25 and 30 to 1, like they're putting Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka going into the PGA, then okay, by all means, if you want to take a shot with that, I can recommend that. But 15 to 1, you should never be touching him less than 25 to 1. All right, on to this week, Charles Schwab challenge at Colonial. All right, so I mentioned some of the guys who were favored. Uh, a few guys I like. I like Colin Moikawa, 16 to 1. Uh, I think he's going to be solid this week. Sung J.M. played awful last week, and I had him. I recommended him. Unfortunately, I kept it too to undo that mess. Sung Jay was terrible, but he only had a couple of bad holes, so I uh, kind of just lost all his momentum and, and didn't make the cut. He's 20 to 1 this week. He's played really well here. It's fourth or fifth time that he's played here. He's still a young guy, still getting better. Form I trust is still pretty good despite a bad uh, week last week uh, up in Rochester. So we'll be taking a shot. He's my second choice. So I got Morikawa at 16 to 1, Sung JM at 20 to 1. And you can find better prices on these if you can. Hunt around for him. And then Justin Rose. Done, done great. And I, I got to keep playing Justin Rose because I've been giving Justin Rose out on here for a long time. And he's been racking up top 10s, top 5s. He played very well last week in a, in a major. Uh, it, the caliber of golfer is so good right now. I think Justin Rose would actually probably be winning a few more tournaments. But he's got to win this year already. And uh, he can play. And I, I like him here. He's won here in the past. He's going to be in a 25 to 30 to 1 range. Going to be taking him. Going to definitely be playing him in top 10s. And uh, then some of my under the radar type guys, uh, Emiliano Grillo, eighty to one, Harris English, seventy to one, 
uh, Christian Bazunhout, 70 to 1, and Cam Davis. I'm lukewarm on him. I think he's a decent top 20 play. He's 40 to 1. I don't think he'll win the tournament. But uh, Bazunhout, Grillo, English, and Davis, uh, all pretty good uh, bets, I think, to be in the top 20, top 10. You can spread those around. And again, check us out on the social media landscape at the Pine Room Podcast, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook. Um, I, we don't usually have the pics on Facebook, but the uh, the Twitter's where you want to find it. We'll put them up there. Put the last minute changes, everything else that that you need to get uh, last minute. Jub will put the graphics up for the weekend, and as things change, we will add or subtract or whatever we need to do based on what's going on in the sports betting environment. So those are my picks in Charles Schwab. I think it should be a decent decent tournament, pretty solid field. And as we get into the heart of golf season, I think. Uh, should be a fun year. He's still got U.S. Open in uh, the Open Championship over in uh, the U.K. to look forward to. So hopefully we can find you some winners and uh, put some money in your pocket. All right, let's uh, talking about going overseas. Let's uh, let's stay overseas and go to the French Open. French Open tennis. Really excited about this. Now the draw isn't until tomorrow morning, so that's Thursday morning, which would be yesterday when you're listening to the show. Um, so I can't really give you who I think is going to win the draws. I will put those up, though, uh, this weekend as the draws Thursday, as I mentioned. The tournament begins on be Sunday night, our time, uh, into Monday you know, in France. So please uh, be aware. Check out the, uh, the Pine Room podcast and the Better's Last Stand Twitter feeds, as I keep mentioning. And you will see my picks. I'll try to have my favorite quarter and... Uh, who I think will uh, will come out of each uh, part of the bracket. Um, so yeah, look forward to that on Thursday, and I'll probably post those. I would imagine on Friday, and I'll have those up on the Twitter and Instagram. All right, so French Open women's wise, there's a few people that are on the radar right now. You got Iga Swiatek, the favorite. Uh, Iga is battling injury. She pulled out of the Italian Open, and I'd be a little concerned. She's minus one thirty five to win this tournament. That is ridiculous. Uh, she's struggling with injuries. Conditioning could be an issue. Yes, yeah, she's been very good on clay. It's her best service. But I think she's uh, beatable here. Uh, Elena Rabakina has been fantastic. She won it, won the tournament in Italy on uh, on clay uh, last week. She's 8-1 to one here. Probably not great enough price to play her. But this girl is just getting better on every surface. She's a legitimate contender in, in every uh, Grand Slam right now, so long as she keeps uh, healthy. So she's going to be one we'll take a look at. Uh, Veronica... Kudermatova, 28 to 1, pretty good clay court player. Paula Badosa, 16 to 1, good clay court player. Uh, Elena Kalanina, 60 to 1, good clay court player. Good clay court player. And Yelena Ostapenko, who's played really well in the past in this tournament. Um, so I think her at 20 to 1, she could maybe get through to the quarters. We'll see. See again how the how the bracket falls and how things go there. So we'll give you some picks on the women. Uh, I'll have match picks each week. Probably put them up on Twitter throughout the week. Um, even even you know as early in the morning as I can or whenever. So keep an eye on that. If you like tennis, if you want to get up in the morning and watch these matches, I highly encourage it. It's, uh, it's great, great stuff. Really, really fun environment over there at Roland Garros. Men's side, no Nadal. Dahl's out with an injury, so he is the uh, the king of clay. So you, you're getting a guy who's the heavy favorite most of the time to win this event. He is out. Uh, Andy Murray, also a good clay court player, he will be out as well. The tides have turned a little bit. Novak Djokovic is no longer an automatic favorite at every tournament as Carlos Alcaraz continues to uh, 
get older and more mature. And he is the plus 125 favorite to win this event. I don't agree with that. I think Joker at plus 185 is still the play. So that's Novak Djokovic plus 185. I do not expect him to lose in this tournament. And I really think him to reach the final is almost an automatic bet so long as he doesn't get hurt. Uh, that's even money. You can get even money on Novak Djokovic to make the final. Again, we have to await the uh, the draw, see how things go. Alcaraz and him could be in the same side, so that could be a you know a hindrance if they had to play each other in the semis instead of the final. That that hurts that bet a little bit. Maybe actually makes the price go up if they do get paired on the same side. So we'll keep an eye out on that. But I don't see any way that, that Joker's uh, going to lose this. Uh, this tournament, or at least not make it to the finals. He's just so good and the best guy in the world at rationing his energy in a five-set match, which is what you have here in the uh, Grand Slams. You don't always have that. Most of the tournaments are three sets, and three sets and five in men is so different. Uh, so keep an eye out. They're, the Dahl and Djokovic are absolute masters at saving energy, knowing when to go full throttle, knowing when not to, knowing when to just lay back and take the loss in one set to go on to the next one. These guys are just just puppet masters. They're amazing how they do it, and that in itself is worth watching this stuff. Dominic Team looking to get back healthy, 60-1. to 1. Hopefully he can make some headway as his wrist injury continues to heal. Um, a couple other guys worth mentioning in here. Holger Rune, I gave him out on here way back, maybe the U.S. Open. This kid is really, really good. I don't know if he can win this. He's 7-1 to one right now, but he is getting so uh, good as he continues to improve and uh, just get experience in these Grand Slams under his belt. I expect him to win a Grand Slam, if not this year, uh, come the, the hard court season maybe at the U.S. Open, at, at the uh, Australian Open. He's he's on his way to doing it. I don't know if he can win at Wimbledon, but we'll see. He's going to win a major here soon, so uh, get on him before he starts to get down to the prices of uh, – of Alcaraz and Djokovic, but Holger Rune, R-U-N-E, he's, uh, I believe he's Swiss, or he's either Swiss or Danish, no, he's Danish, I believe, anyway, great, great player, keep an eye out for him, um, some other guys, Daniel Medvedev, really good player, 12-1, to clay court's not his greatest surface, so I don't think he's uh, probably going to be able to win this, but if he, if he, he could win his quarter, definitely, so we're going to keep an eye on that, and he might be a good bet to win his quarter if he's anything around, you know, plus two dollars or a little below that i think it's worth a play stefano sits a pass very good clay court player as well eight to one he'll be uh, a factor in here definitely a guy not to overlook uh casper rude norwegian very good player 16 to one definitely a uh, guy who could make some noise uh francisco chirundolo good clay court guy. He's 80 to one i don't think he could win this tournament but he could definitely upset some people so he'll be a guy that we'd be looking at in some uh some matchups as far as individual matchups go and then uh, from the American side, Taylor Fritz is improving on clay. He's 100 to 1. I don't think it's even possible that he could win this, but you never know. Maybe he gets lucky, gets a good draw, guy pulls out, and he wins a quarter. So we'll keep an eye out for him. Yonick Center also 14 to 1 um, is a definite contender. All right. So before we finish up here and get uh, Sammy on the horn, it's uh, getting to be that time. We're going to. Uh, Talk a little bit of Aussie rules football. Since there's no one else here, I'll just talk about my favorite sport. Uh, Aussie rules football. Um, just great, great games have uh, been going on the last couple of weeks. We had some really good showdowns some some teams that are starting to emerge as, uh, as definite contenders here. Brisbane Lions playing great ball right now. Um, Geelong Cats. I still think Geelong could be the best team here. They're, they got some guys hurt, so they're, they're a little banged up. They're kind of probably not very focused on doing anything but getting into 
hopefully for them the top four uh, top eight make the playoffs but the top four is where you want to be because you kind of control your own destiny and you, you don't you don't have to worry about playing extra games and so on and so forth so I think if they can get it to the top four, they're going to be pretty happy. But six to one right now on Geelong is a pretty good price. Collingwood right now is at the top of the ladder. And Collingwood's good, nine and one. But they've not played a great schedule. So they've been very, very uh, lucky to play the schedule that they played to start the season. They got nine wins. They are good. Don't get me wrong, but they're very beatable. And I don't love them as the favorite to make to win the grand final at three to one. Um, as I mentioned, Brisbane playing good football right now. They're they're getting a little bit better. They got a better Ruckman this year, and they're a little better on the road. So I think that helps them a lot. They're used, usually a team you would only want to back at home. Very drastic difference between home and away for the Brisbane Lions most of the time. But this year they're a little bit better, and uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be possibly looking to make a bet on them. I think they they've got a nice team, and they could be dangerous uh, come. Uh, uh, finals time so we shall see all right friday night we started off the carlton blue bombers and the sydney swans uh carlton's uh two and eight in this rivalry since 2010 and uh sydney as i say 11 and four versus the blues since 05 so sydney's had the better of, of the matchup here both the teams need this uh carlton four five and one sydney four and six so this is going to be a tightly contested game. Sydney was very lucky to have beaten North Melbourne, who's terrible last week. The Swans are not playing very well. I don't really like Carlton either. Uh, I'm going to go under in this game, so 168. Again, I'll have all these on the Twitter page if you don't want to write them down. Next game, Hawthorne, St. Kilda. Hawthorne, 2-8. and St. Kilda, 7-3. and St. Kilda's not been quite as good. They got off to that great start, but they're kind of coming back to earth. They're, not, they're a good team. They're probably a playoff team or a finals team, but they're not really as talented as, as you would think. They're much improved from last year, though. So I'm going to take it a shot here with the game uh, over the total of 162.5, and I'm going to play the Saints minus the 27.5 against Hawthorne, who is not very good. They had a win last week. Uh, they played West Coast, who is just absolutely atrocious. Um, so I don't think Hawthorne gets it back in the win column this week. 27.5, I think, is not enough. St. Kilda defense alone, they should be good there and win that game. Saturday's games. Fremantle and Melbourne, the Demons. Uh, Demons have impressed me. They're a pretty good team. Um, I, they lost a really close game last week to Port Adelaide, but a uh, really good showdown. I mean, it was a, two teams that are definitely going to be in the finals and, and going to make uh, make some noise. Melbourne minus 20.5, total 170.5. I'll be going with the Demons here. I'm not a Fremantle, team, a Fremantle guy. I don't think they're quite as good as they were last year. Uh, Melbourne seven and three, Fremantle five and five. I'll be back in the Demons minus twenty and a half. Uh, GWS in Geelong, Geelong at home here. They're minus thirty six and a half, and the totals one seventy five and a half. Uh, GWS, they're a little better. They're they're a team that can probably cover some spreads right now, but uh, overall talent wise, they lack it. Uh, Geelong's starting to get a couple of their guys back. They got Dangerfield back, but he wasn't one hundred percent last week. They got a couple of their guys that are supposed to be back in the lineup this week. So I'm going to take a shot, maybe a play on the Cats, uh, but I, I don't love it. Uh, they, they do play better at home, so I think their crowd will be into it and they'll be ready to go. I like the over in the game. Cats defense hasn't been a really good area of concentration for them. They've let, let a lot of bad teams score points on them. So over 175 and a half is where I'm going to go with my strongest play in that game. Western Bulldogs at the Gold Coast Suns. Western 7-3. and three. They've been a team that I've been impressed with. They're, they're solid and they're scrappy. Uh, maybe not that talented, but don't ever count them out. Uh, Gold Coast, I uh, tipped them to make the finals preseason. I, I don't love it, but I'm not saying they're not out of it yet. They're four and six. They're getting back towards 500, so they got they got some you know an opportunity to uh, to maybe uh, 
stick around here in in the battle for a, a playoff spot. Uh, they, they got they got a strong defense. Uh, Western has played well defensively as well. So I'm going to be going under in this game, under 158 and a half, and probably lean towards the doggies minus 10 and a half on the road. But I don't love that play, so I probably won't recommend that. But again, I'll have these on the social media so you can check them out if you're interested in playing. All right. Also on Saturday morning, 5:40 a.m. our time. Five and five Essendon Bombers and the one and nine. West Coast Eagles, Essendon minus 52.5, total 170.5. you got to play the Bombers here. You can never play West Coast. West Coast has had just a horrible season. Uh, Essendon's played a tough schedule. Their team, I think, is a little bit underrated. They're, they're, only, they're, they're average right now. They're 500 record. But they're, they're not bad, and I think that they'll start to beat up on these lesser teams, and West Coast doesn't get any lesser than West Coast. West Coast uh, catching 52.5 at home. Um, I just don't see how they hang in this game. I'll be all over the Bombers in this one, and I like the over, 170.5. So. All right, and then a Saturday night game, 11.10 p.m. our time. Port Adelaide, the power at the Richmond Tigers. Uh, the power minus 2.5 on the road. Tigers, uh their coach just resigned. They've been a mess. They've had a lot of issues. They're not very good this year. I like this game under a lot. Uh, I'd recommend probably Port Adelaide too, but a little bit worried about the emotional you know, element here as Richmond's going to play really hard, I think, for the for the new skipper that takes over. So you may get a really good effort out of them, and they are a lot better at home. So uh, for years, Adelaide, Port Adelaide struggled on the road, but they're a little better. They're, they're an even team here at 8-2. and two. I think they're good, uh, but I'll be passing on them right now. And probably just going with the under in that game. That's 167 and a half. All right, then two matches Sunday. North Melbourne Kangaroos at two and eight at the Collingwood Magpies. Collingwood minus 54 and a half. The total 164 and a half. Um, North Melbourne played really hard last week. They haven't been very good on the road, so they do play a little bit better at home. They could possibly cover some spreads. I'm not going to lay the 54 and a half. Collingwood, I don't love them, as I said. Uh, I think they're good, but not great. I like the game under. Collingwood defense is good, so under 164.5 there. And then the conclusion, 2.40 a.m. Sunday morning, the Brisbane Lions, the Adelaide Crows, a uh, sneaky good game. Uh, the, the Lions have won the last four in this matchup, and uh, they've won seven straight on the season. So Lions are playing great football right now. They're minus 5.5 on the road. The total 171.5. And normally I would not recommend a play on Brisbane or a play on the over when Brisbane's on the road, but they've corrected that. They've, they've been winning a lot of the jumps with their Ruckman, and they're getting the ball a little bit more than they did last year. Um, and they don't necessarily have to feed off the home crowd as they always have. They're, they're better on the road, so I'm going to take a shot here and lean uh, with the over 171 and a half. And I, I have a sneaking suspicion Adelaide will give them some trouble, although the Crows have been very hard to figure out so far this year. So I'll be passing on the side, but lean Adelaide a little bit, but like the over 171 and a half. All right, so that does it for section two of Better's Last Stand, or segment two, whatever you prefer, as we talked uh, baseball, golf, tennis, and Aussie rules football. Now we're going to take a break here and come back with uh, Sammy P and talk racing. We haven't talked to Sam in a couple weeks. Be anxious to get his insights and analysis on the F1 Monaco Grand Prix, the Indy 500, and the Coke 600 in NASCAR. Uh, Still a lot left here on Better's Last Stand. Stay with us. We will be right back. Reminder, Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. 
All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand. Matt here with you. Episode 40, hard to believe. Back after a uh, two-week hiatus and got the man from Upper St. Clair, Mr. Sammy Pease, with me. He's back, ready to go. Hopefully uh, you were on him last week as he had Kyle Larson in the uh, All-Star event at North Wilkesboro, so that was a good winner. Sam, welcome back to the show. How's everything going up there? Things are wonderful. How are things down there? Good, good. Uh, just good. Uh, hoping the uh, Buccos can keep it together, but uh, another one, oh. tough one today again. So, yeah. uh, I tell you what, we are in the high, high weeds with this one, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is like so bad right now, and our division's awful. We'll get into it, but God, our division sucks. Yeah, yeah, and that gives you a little bit of hope, but I, I told Jarrett, and we were talking about on the radio the other day, it just seems like the Pirates are going to continue to just lose these series. They're going to win one game every series, which is better than getting swept, which is probably what they would have done last year. But they're they're just, I don't know, they're just starting to come down to earth. And uh, it was kind of expected, I guess, from people who watch the team every night. Yeah, but it's just, it, they hit earth hard. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Probably like one of those meteors that came through somebody's house up in New Jersey a couple weeks ago. But yeah, it's uh, it's not not pretty. Uh, just before we get into the racing, so uh, as I told the uh, listeners, we got a loaded racing card this week. Finally, get F1 back, and then we got obviously the Indy 500 and the Coke 600. Uh, is it's a great weekend. We're we're excited about it. We're going to talk a ton about that here in a second. But let me get your thoughts on baseball right now. Uh, obviously, NL, NL Central. It not not going to be a very good division. Cardinals coming alive. Brewers, I don't think, are good, which we were cons- we didn't think they were very good. So it, it, it makes sense. Cubs, probably a year early for them. And the Reds, you know, they'll be scrappy. But, yeah, it's not a very good division. But do you think the Pirates can contend here and, and hang in here at all? Or, or are the Cardinals going to end up being the team? I think the Cardinals are the team. But I, I have the smallest bit of hope, just like you, hit, you said earlier. Our division is so bad. Yeah. yeah. So that's like – Relying on other teams to get us in the playoffs is kind of where we're at, if that's even a possibility. But people on the local radio here, they're calling in like, oh, if we can get 75 to 76 wins, 16, 15 more than last year, then that's great. Well, no, it's not. No, it's not. And, you know, I really actually would be curious to see how they'd be doing if O'Neill Cruz didn't get hurt on Easter, (laughs) as we recall. And Kim's house would get there and he gets hurt sliding. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think. Early on, it, it didn't seem like they missed him, but long term, a guy that talented, they're oh. going to miss. So Matt, they're just Matt. It is bad. They yeah. covered for him for a little bit, but yeah. This, well, these uh, guys that bad. are these guys that are role players that play, you know, twice a week are now having to play six times a week, and you're, you're not able to account for that. You just can't. You can't make up for losing a superstar like that. Mitch Keller's done all he could. Uh, you were at the game when Mitch pitched last time. Uh, observations: Why the hell did they take him out? Arm slot, Matt. So I have the <laughs> clip. I sent it to Jarrett. I listened to it on the radio. Derek Shelton said he hit the guy and he gave up a hit and he noticed his arm slot was in a yeah. different spot. And then he said he hasn't pitched out of the stretch. Right. I, I heard He's that a comment too. Professional baseball player. Right. I heard that comment too, and then I found that was weird because when you start the inning, he doesn't have to pitch from the stretch. So at least right. you could have let him get into another jam before he got got him out. But yeah, uh, questionable decision there. But. Terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> how was uh, how Terrible. was the game overall? Did you and Bonnie have a good time? Yeah, the game was good, but it's just like these players that are filling in to just you know make up for the spot yeah. of Cruz. They're just they're not good, and it's like last night. Sawinski stinks in center. Oh God, they can't run. Dwayne no. Underwood Jr. I, I scream to the high heavens when I see 56 coming in. Yeah. Well, I thought uh, Bay's been going to the uh, Gregory Polanco base running school. Oh, man. <laughs> now, you're right. It's just. Uh, 
Yeah, you can't it. have you. You just when things are going well, uh, you know, it, you can overcome some of those mistakes. But when they're not, you cannot make those mistakes. A team with this kind of talent, marginal talent, uh, and it's it's going to stick out, and they're going to get beat. Teams are teams are starting to you know you're starting to show who they really are at this point, a quarter of the way into the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get complete game for Evaldi yesterday. It's we have no offense. I have no yeah. clue what happened to our offense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kutch was looking like an MVP a few weeks ago or a month ago, but he's showing that he's old now. So, I don't know. I mean, again, it's it's not terrible, but they're going to have some interesting decisions to make uh, come trade deadline time, whether they think that they're in, in the mix to actually make it or they're going to try to acquire some pieces for next year, not necessarily you know for this year, uh, and be sellers because that might be their, their the smartest thing they can do is not – not try to force it this year and, and, and continue to be be ready for maybe next year, be in the year to make their return, but we shall see. Uh, any other observations? Obviously, the uh, AL Central is the only division that's probably worse than the NL Central. Yeah, aren't they good, huh? Horrendous. Uh, AL East continues to be good. Uh, Rays coming back to earth a little bit. Orioles playing really well. Uh, Yankees starting to kick it in gear. Mets are winning some games, but and they're not covering run lines, and they're—I they, don't know—I still worry. Any, any of those big market clubs that are, are a concern to you, or anybody that you like going right, going right now? Uh, the Yankees. The Yankees yeah. were in last the last time we talked. They're thirty and twenty now. My Adley Rutschman MVP is slowly fading because Aaron Judge is just hitting the shit yeah, out of the ball again. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, everything's kind of even itself out the teams that were good that started are bad the teams that were not good yeah you know and and then a few of the teams uh that we probably didn't expect to be great uh are, are hanging around here orioles are one of them you can't underestimate that lineup these guys are i was talking about it earlier um the, the orioles lineup is is good enough now you can't just say like all oh, this team's young they'll eventually come back to earth their lineup is legitimately uh right up there with most of the teams in in major league baseball as far as the better lineups they're they're going to hit. They're going to continue to hit. I mean, there's no doubt. If they get pitching, they're going to be right in the mix to make the playoffs for sure. And then the Texas Rangers, another team. Oh, I know. They're playing good baseball. They got they, they got stabilized manager now. They got they, they seem like if they can get DeGrom healthy, they'll be a team that's going to be tricky and they could definitely make the playoffs. And like the the fact that the AL uh, AL Central is the Tigers are in second place in 21 <laughs> to 25. It's like, yeah. yeah. Shoot I, me. It's it's ugly. Uh, Astros starting to play decent baseball right now, so you have to expect them. Diamondbacks playing well, and then the Dodgers, a team that we probably all kind of were like, well, they'll be good, but not as good. They've been great. They've been yep. really good. And right now, if I, you know, if you have to pick, most likely you're thinking Braves and Dodgers in the National League right now is the probably the two best teams. Does that sound right to you, or is there anybody else that you think is up there with those two teams? Yeah, I mean, if it's not the Braves, it's it's the Mets. But like yeah, Marlins, Phillies, yeah. Nationals, I don't think that they're any yeah. bit of a threat. The yeah. Mets, I think they're just going to fuck it up like they always do. Honestly, yeah, they they will. And again, like I was I was mentioning, if they keep Verlander and uh, Scherzer healthy, they're probably just going to make the playoffs by default because I don't think the National League is as deep this year. But uh, I, I I don't know. I don't trust them. I don't think their lineup's quite good. But the thing is, their billionaire owner, he's probably going to make a few moves. So. They may end up with Otani. It's very possible. So you never know. Can't count them out. But yeah, I agree. They're they're uh, 
they're they're going to have the you know the finances and uh, the the wherewithal to, to acquire some parts to try to to make a run. So yeah, I don't think he can discount the Mets. And how about the Padres? How disappointing have they been? I'm keep waiting for him to kick it in gear. I think they're going to have to fireball Melvin. They're going to have to do something to change things up. But Blake Snell, oh God, horrible. I I thought that when so- when Soto went there, that that was a terrible terrible move. Right. I don't think Soto's that good. Yeah, no, you I were really on to that. You called that early. Uh, I think uh, most people were going to say that the Nationals are won that trade for sure as uh, it continues to you know, come about and those guys mature and get better, those great prospects they got. But, yeah, I agree. I think Soto maybe uh, you know caught lightning in a bottle. He had that good playoffs when he was really young. And, uh, yeah, maybe he just isn't that good. There's, there's a lot to be said there. Yeah, I mean, how old is he? Let's see here. He's, he's still young. Tw- but, yeah, he's 24. Yeah. Yeah, That's a lot of money they owe that guy. I know, I know. Well, he better get better quick because they, they're <laughs> they're uh, taking on water, and uh, the Diamondbacks are better than them, and obviously the Dodgers. So, uh, could be a long year for the Padres, but I expect them to shake it up here. I think they'll have to fire somebody or trade somebody because they can't. Their 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 owner was like going all in, like he was like, "All oh, Soto is the last piece we needed to win it all." Like he. Yeah, well, he's a few pieces away right now, so they're going backwards instead of forward. All right, let's uh, let's jump over to uh, NBA. Uh, LeBron out, uh, Nuggets in the finals, uh, Celtics clinging to life, but uh, they win last night. What what are your thoughts? Do they have anything for the Heat? Do you think it gets back to Miami for a uh, sixth game? And uh, do you, is there any chance the Celtics actually do come back and win this? I don't think the Celtics can come back. Yeah, I agree. And I, they were my pick. I have to stand strong. I, I'm not going to run away from it. I did like the Celtics, but I don't think – I think the Heat are just better. They got yeah. Jimmy. Bam out of bios a beast. And their coach has been just phenomenal. Coach. Yeah. I know, but then it's like Tatum could just put up like 50. And then I just know. like, you know, series is 3-2. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. You got Spolstra versus Missoula, which is a serious mismatch. I mean, but Boston, there's so much deeper – so much just more proven roster. I mean, it's just like the guys don't want to be there some nights, and I can't figure out why. It's the damn conference finals, and it takes you till game four to actually put up a decent effort. What the hell is I that? It's I, concerning. Yeah, it is, and I don't know if it's – it's hard to just blame Missoula for this. I mean, I'm sure a coach with a little more experience may have some things to go to, uh, you know, when things aren't working, but these players have got to be accountable at some point. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I, I think maybe they force it to six, but – uh, the Heat will be ready. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna back down now. But it, it'll be it'll be interesting. What if uh, if the Heat go on to play the Nuggets? Uh, obviously, Nuggets are gonna be a heavy favorite. Do you think uh, that's a series that's gonna be long, or do you think the Nuggets take care of them pretty easily? I think five or six, the Nuggets would win. Yeah. Nuggets are good. They are. They are. Jokic is just awesome to watch. He's a really fun player he, to watch. And, and Murray's honestly, Murray's yeah, no, he's a huge, huge step. Yeah, he's taking the jump to. He always used to remind me of the guy who was just like, well, he'll score 35 or 40 when, when they'll get beat. But now he's like a guy who's got like the the killer instinct gene late in the game where he's able to make big shots now. I think he's definitely matured in that area. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty deep too. Honestly. Yeah, they are. They got some nice they got some nice bench players. Yeah. I I think they're they're a worthy uh finals, you know, team right now. I, I don't think that's a fluke by any means and uh you know, L.A. Hung, hung in there every one of those games. They could have won several. That, this, that series could have won seven games. But, yeah, just the way it, it was, all the games were pretty close. But, yeah, the, the Nuggets just played better in crunch time. Yeah, pretty much. Sorry, LeBron. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm loving that. Uh, Do you think? Do you think Mister All About Me is going to retire? I mean, he didn't wait very long to make it about him after the game. Yeah, like eight seconds that report came out. (laughs) I don't think he's going to retire because he's only said for five years he wants to play with his son. son, Yeah. One yeah. year of college and he can get drafted. I think LeBron's <laughs> going to be back. Yeah, and and I saw they uh, they were putting up odds of the, where he's going to go, and like the Knicks were the favorite. And I don't think he'll go to the Knicks because I don't think he'll go anywhere where there's not another superstar. And uh, Brunson's a good all around player, but he's not superstar. LeBron's not g- good enough anymore to carry the team. He's got to be like the number two, uh, you know, like he was with Davis. But yeah, I think he'll be back too. He just wants people to talk about him. Kind of like Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. He wants to stay in the news as long as he possibly can. Um, all right, let's go to hockey now. Geez, we get keep getting these lopsided series. So Carolina and Florida, every game's been tight. I mean, games are going to overtime. The last game was one nothing. Uh, it, it, I mean, honestly, Carolina could be up three games to none. So it, it's just weird how that goes. And then last night, Dallas just comes apart at home. Terrible penalty by Jamie Benn. I don't know what he was doing. He was literally trying to kill a guy. Literally trying to kill him. Collapses windpipe on the ice. And uh, <laughs> Dallas just goes nuts. Their fans go nuts. They, they have a total meltdown. And now they're buried 3-0. Uh, is there any way back for either one of these teams, uh, Dallas and Carolina? Or is it you know maybe win one game and, and then get on to the finals with the uh, Knights and the Panthers? I think Dallas could maybe win one. They're, I mean, Vegas is deep. They're talented. Yeah. They're definitely going to take the series. But but for the Florida-Carolina, <laughs> Carolina ran into a hot goal. Yes. Bob Rofsky. He, he's just, Matt, it's unbelievable what this guy's doing. Yeah, ever since he, he can escape uh, escape the Penguins. The Penguins yeah. were in his head big time when he played for Columbus. He was always really good, but he could never get over the hump. And i got to give the guy credit. He's been outstanding. I mean, he's been just great. So, um, yeah, who would have thought, right? Panthers had a great record last year, best team in hockey. Struggled this year. And if the Penguins don't blow that game to the Blackhawks, they're not even in. Unbelievable. It's embarrassing, man. <laughs> yeah. So now I hear uh, that, that Kyle Dubas guy's up in Pittsburgh today, apparently. Maybe yeah, he's like, going to be the new GM. I saw a report that last night there was a secret meeting with him and Crosby. Yeah, I heard Pens. that, too. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I mean... That the roster needs an overhaul. They got to get better depth. There's just no way around it. So he's got his hands full. Whatever he decides to do. Um, What's he gonna do? I know you there can are only so do so many guys that you can't move. Right? What are you gonna do? Terrible contracts. Yeah, Hextall basically was like a Trojan horse coming in from Philadelphia, ruining the franchise. So yeah, yeah. honestly, it might have been an inside job, like it when Jacoby been. Jones was a fucking <laughs> Pittsburgh Steeler. It that was an been. inside job. <laughs> it really could have been. Uh, I wouldn't rule it past, uh, put it past any anybody that played for the Flyers. So yeah, oh, hell no. uh, I don't know, but yeah. So if uh, if it ends up being uh, Florida and uh, Vegas, who you got Ooh. in the Stanley Cup? It's a honestly, good series. I think I'd go with, I think I'd go with Vegas. Yeah, I agree. I I, I think they're a little bit better, um, but can. Vegas continue to get this goaltending. They've been getting out of these guys out of, yeah, out, out of the four the goalies, thing, pulling guys out of the seats like to that, come down and play. Issues. Yeah, they have four goalies that play are playing. You know, keeping them in this playoffs, but right. Florida's got the one that's just you get. You need one goal for Florida to win. That's it. Sure. Right that's now, bad. the way the way that it is, it looks like a beach ball for Bobrovsky. Yeah, that's what the way he's feeling right now. And I think if if Florida is a good plus price in the series, I'll probably take a shot with them. Um, I would expect Vegas maybe to win in seven seven games, but 
the uh, the environment's going to be really cool in Vegas for those games. I, I know I know that, and they're going to be favored in this series. But yeah, Bobrovsky, it's hard to dismiss him because he can carry the team. And as you said, if you only got to get one goal a night, and if you get two, you're really sitting good. Uh, that's a good spot to be in. So it should be a good series. I know it won't get a lot of uh, eyeballs on it, but um, I'm, you know it's good for these other markets to be in the Stanley Cup Finals once in a while. Yeah, uh, absolutely. No, no Canadian teams again. So. Sorry, hey, they yeah. tried again. Darn. Try what again what a shame. Year. All right, let's switch to the best sport. All right, racing it is. So uh, we go to Monaco. Boy, it seems like the F1 boys were, have been off for, for months and months. Uh, I know. Had the monsoon rains taking care of us in Italy uh, last week, so we didn't have that. But uh, all right, so we go down to the French Riviera, Monaco, Grand Prix. Um, last year it was uh, Sergio. Sergio Perez won. Uh, is there any way around Red Bull here? Now, I do see that weather is in the forecast. Heavy rains, potentially. So, could this maybe be the week that we get another winner? Maybe Fernando Alonso in, in a rainstorm. What do you think? That's my only hope, is that, like, he can get out in front, and then it's just the weather is the only thing that holds yeah. Red Bull back. And you know how aggressive he can be. So, if he can get out there, yeah. he's. I mean, I think, I think he's got a legitimate chance. Yeah, I do, too. And they need it bad. You know, this is the only thing that could, like, maybe throw a wrench in the season. Maybe. Right. Yeah, or I mean. Least, or at least maybe make F1, like, kind of exciting. Because, man, it has been boring. It has been. It's a shame, too, because it's so good. But the, the, the difference in the cars are so. And you have a few of these teams making a little progress, but they just can't contend with the Red Bull guys. I mean, these guys are just, just crushing it right now. Uh, so I'm hopeful maybe you get we get some rain and uh, we you know the track's a little bit different uh, and and some of these guys can can move up. I mean, Orlando Norris is normally a good runner in the rain, but I don't even know if he can do it with the car that he has. The Mercedes guys are both pretty solid in the rain, so maybe they could be in play. But um, I don't know what as far as teams that are good in the in the bad weather. Do you do you have any faith in Ferrari? Uh, I'm not sure I do. Never. I yeah. saw a picture of. Uh, Carlos signs he was in a charity soccer game and he had a bandage wrapped around his leg because he got hurt. I have no hope in him. No. Oh, he's so soft. Those those yeah. guys are. They have two of the softest drivers Ferrari does. Pretty boys. Yeah, I won't be backing them, but uh, you, do you see any uh, – I mean, obviously, it's tough to do, so we'll, we'll give our picks, um, you know, as it gets a little bit closer. We'll see qualifying and see what the, what the uh, weather is like. But uh, – is it basically Max or Sergio and then possibly Fernando? Is there anybody else you think uh, can contend here? I mean, I don't even want to say they're Mercedes because, like, every week I see Toto Wolf. He's just saying some shit. Right. Hamilton's complaining about the car. They got these upgrades coming, and it never just – it never sees the light of day. Yeah. So no, you're right. I, it's, I just think Red Bull, Aston, maybe Ferrari. Yeah. You know, and, and according to Zach Brown, Oscar – Piastri is going to be a world champion too. So for McLaren, so oh that's all I see too is him and talking about Piastri and Norris. Piastri and <laughs> He's Norris. got some work to do there, but uh, good luck to him. So all right, folks, stay five. stay tuned for the Monaco. We'll uh, we're probably not going to go further than Red Bull, but you never know. Maybe uh, we'll see how things qualify. Maybe Fernando Alonso can steal it. So we'll post the picks on social media for the weekend. Be sure you check that out at the Better's Last Stand Twitter and the Pioneer Podcast Twitter. All right. Let's stay on open wheel. Let's go to the sandwich race of the day. So you have the Monaco Grand Prix at 7 in the morning, and then you got the Indy 500 around 12.45 Eastern time, the 107th Indianapolis 500. Now this 
when I'm going through, we just went through the Monaco Grand Prix, uh, and we came across about two guys, maybe, maybe three, uh, that could possibly win. Now you got a lineup of guys here where I'd say 15 minimum could win this race. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to say 10 to 15, no doubt. And it is, when I was doing the, like my notes last night, I couldn't believe how competitive oh, this field was. Honestly, yeah. it's like F1. I don't want to say it's last on my list of like racing right now, but it, it's last. Yeah, it is, and it's a shame too because it's getting so popular, and it is it is an incredible eye catching sport. So make sure people don't don't not watch. It's still worth watching, but it's yeah. Sam's right. It's it's tough to find ways to win money there. And uh, it can be a little bit uh, uncompetitive, but you can also take advantage of that and just keep betting Red Bull double podium. Yeah, and you can true. do good. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah, but in IndyCar, uh, I agree, Sam. You got uh, Alex Palo, you got Pato Award, Scott Dixon. They're amongst the favorites. Uh, but it's hard for me to bet favorites in this race because you, you, there's so many guys that bring extra value. You have guys like Elio Castro Nevis at 40 to 1, who's won it so many times. Tony Kanaan at 18 to 1, who's got a good car, good equipment Great. now with the Aaron McLaren. I mean, you got some guys you can take a shot with here. Uh, Renus VK, 10 to 1. Uh, Alexander Ross, he's a guy I bet every year for this. I won't be doing it this he, year. He's, he's too won low. It. He's won it. He's he uh, he drives me nuts now. I don't know if he can do it, but he's got McLaren stuff, so he could be good. Um, who are some of the guys your your top players out of the? Let me ask you this: out of Palo, Rossi, and Pato Award, and Scott Dixon, uh, amongst those guys, the top four betting choices. Uh, who who's your strongest play out of those four? If you have one, I would go with Award. Yeah, but the every Ganassi car and every Aero McLaren car. I mean, they are absolutely. Pissing around the track. And, and I mean, Palo, going he broke the, so the speed record, right? Yep. For the qualifying, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, the fastest lap ever. Uh, yeah, so will that constitute to a good day of racing? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, do you, is it your thought that if these guys can stay out in the clean air up front that they're going to be hard to beat? Ganassi? Yeah, because, like, these McLaren, like, Rosenquist was so close last year, and he was just, like, when I was watching qualifying this year, he was flying, Award was flying. It's like, yeah. man, I think McLaren this year, really, they really knew last year was a great chance, and they screwed it up, and this year they're they're coming. I, I had Felix Rosenquist as one of the guys. I, I thought at 12 to 1, that's a good price on him. I, I feel great like price. he could, he could easily be... He could easily be in that eight, nine to one range as these other guys. So I think he's kind of where it starts for me as far as the price goes of the guys that I'll be taking a shot with. He was the number one guy that I had circled. Him and Renus VK both were in that neighborhood. Yeah, Renus was flying in qualifying, and and he and Renus was really good at the other oval track this year at Texas. He ran really well there. So I mean, if that translates at all to this, uh, maybe it does the some regard, but. I thought him him and Rosenquist were the two guys that I'm going to be pretty high on. Um, and then I, I got to play I, I got to play Tony Kanaan. I really do. And then probably Castro Nevis at 40 to 1. And then what are your thoughts on Will Power and Penske? Do you think they, they have anything for I mean, uh, Newgarden as well. He he won at Texas. So maybe maybe he's a factor here. But I think Will Power could be dangerous at 16, 17 to 1. Yeah, I do too. And and the thing is, like I I said when we met in person, I thought, Based off of nothing, that New Garden, this is going to be the year for the 500 that he's going to get it. And yeah. I don't think Penske's bringing it this year. Yeah. I, I think they're, I, what, 14th and, like, 10th, him and McLaughlin qualified or something like that? Yeah, and then I don't even know where Will Power was. I, I just kind of put him in there. He's kind of this veteran. He's got enough experience. Like him, Kanon, Castro Nevis, multiple winner-type guys that 
you know you don't ever want to overlook. But no, I agree with you. I, I think uh, the Penske could be vulnerable. Um, I, I, what do you think of Marcus Erickson? I mean, I don't, it's tough to repeat. He got a little bit of good fortune last year. He had a really good car. I mean, I don't, I don't see why he can't contend, but I'll probably pass on him this year, um, unless I unless his price can go up. He's eleven to one. I guess that's kind of fair. What do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, I think like I said, these Ganassi cars, man. Ganassi's always given his drivers a good car, especially for this race in particular. Right. I just I don't know if two two Indy five hundreds in a row. I mean, it, obviously it can be done, but yeah, I know not an easy uh, thing. It'll be tough. So let I mean, me. Will Powell is twelfth. I believe. Oh, 12th? Okay. That's not bad. Um, All right, so let me ask you this. Uh, I I got these odds off of uh, Unibet, I think, uh, is where I wrote them down at. So a Ganassi car to win the race, plus 180. They're the favorites amongst the teams. McLaren, the second choice, at plus 255. And Penske at plus 550. Uh, If you have to go with one of those teams, uh, Ganassi, Penske, or McLaren, uh, where are you going? think mclaren okay what are you thinking uh yeah i I, yeah i probably would because i i like i like rosenquist um yeah i and then award i think will be very strong yeah i would probably lean towards mclaren too um just the 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 lineup mclaren's bringing is strong i'll probably be and i get it, it it's probably priced correctly but uh penske's probably my i have the least faith in them uh, and I also got to say, McLaren maybe an X factor too. You get Canon in that group too, which he's not, you know, running every week. But um, yeah, so yeah, I think McLaren at plus two fifty five that might be a bet. So that's the the number five, the number six, the number seven, and the number sixty six for Mario Lemieux. So yeah, <laughs> also cool. known as Tony Canon. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's actually a pretty good bet. You get four cars there at plus two fifty five, not bad. Um, Ganassi maybe just a little bit a little bit too low of a price on them at plus one eighty. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, Roger Penske, it's hard to ever really discount them, but yeah, I don't know. Any any long shots to you? Anybody stick out? Anybody that may – Simon Pagano and Takuma Sato were two guys. Sato's won it twice. Uh, he's Ganassi. Yeah. Uh, Simon Pagano's won it, and uh, he's 40-1. to 1. I thought maybe, but I don't know if he has the team to be able to get him there this year. Those were the only two names I was going to bring up, Matt. Okay. Pagano and Takuma Sato. Well, we're on the same page there with that. Uh Here's two matchups that I that I thought were pretty strong. Uh Elio Castro Nevis over Marco Andretti. I like that one a lot. I, I don't, Marco Andretti's just I don't know, he's just, nowhere. I mean, he's just living off of his dad and his right. his grandpa. Like he's terrible compared to those guys. I just, I don't know. People see Andretti in open wheel and they automatically play him, but I don't know. I feel like Castro Nevis is a head-to-head matchup minus 115. I, I think that's a really good uh good value there so that's one that i'll be putting on social media for sure and then the other one uh guy we just talked about a longer shot simon pagino over ron hunter ray what do you think of ron hunter ray's chances uh they're slim i saw an article that was posted two hours ago that he just got funding for this race so. yeah see i, I just pagino is minus 110 that's a dead even matchup I, I think that's a good play so those are two that i like any any uh other guys under the radar anybody that you would say that's uh maybe a rookie or a guy that's not been in the 500 very many times that you think could maybe outperform or anybody. Roman Grosjean. <laughs> I mean, maybe Grosjean. Like, Ferrucci yeah. was awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see, like, what he can do. Yeah. yeah. Like, Con- I, I, I looked daily. at him pretty good, that San- Santino Ferrucci. I, I thought maybe that he could be sneaky in, in some, some plays. How about Connor Daly or Colton Herta? Yeah, like, Daly finished sixth last year, but 
I I hate to say this. It's like whenever I see Connor Daly race in like the Cup Series, <laughs> he just like is always like last or a lap yeah, down. Really cheap. And that like skews yeah. my perspective. Right. Right. Skews my perspective. Yeah. No, I, I think he's not going to have a good car. I couldn't agree more. How about uh, Stingray Rob? <laughs> I love that name. That's How incredible. Awesome that it's name? an incredible name. I mean, it, this guy was born to be it, something, either extreme sports or racing or something. Stingray yeah. Rob. I mean, really nuts. Yeah, uh, I don't I think don't he think has his much chances. Chance. Are great, but <laughs> if you were to win a title just based off of a name, yeah, he's Stingray he, Rob. He's is, a runaway winner in that in that yeah, uh, capacity for sure. And Stingray. then how about let's finish it up with the old veteran Ed Carpenter thinking he can. Get another top 20. He just grinds it out. And you know what? He'll be grinding along, and they'll say, Ed Carpenter having a good run. He's in 16th. And then a few laps later, he's in the wall on fire. Yep. Front front splitters crack. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't – I mean, no. Maybe yeah. a top 20, but – Yeah, I hear you. Just go out there and complete the race and don't wreck the car. All right. So put you on the spot. Who's your, who's your winner? Who's taking it home? Rosenquist. I'm with you. I like him, too. All right. Rosenquist. So Rosenquist, he'll probably get crashed the first lap. <laughs> yeah, lap four, <laughs> we will fall off. Yeah. All right. So you heard it here. Well, I'll uh, get Sam's finalized picks and put them up on social media for the weekend. So hopefully everybody enjoys the Indy 500. There's nothing like it. The pageantry alone and watching all the stuff go on uh, is really one of the best days of the year for, for race fans. And it doesn't, doesn't end there. So we end the Indy 500 and we get ready for the – Coke 600. I thought it was always cool back in the old days when Tony Stewart and his guys would do both races. John Andretti and they'd helicopter to, from Indianapolis yeah. to Charlotte. I mean, and drive literally 1,100 miles on a track in the same Kurt day. Bush did it, yeah, Kurt Busch. Yeah, it, it's really cool. These guys are warriors and it's, it's really cool. So, all right. Charlotte Motor Speedway, 6 o'clock on Sunday evening. Race will be on Fox. Should be a. Uh, Really contentious field here. You got Denny Hamlin, the de- defending champion. Uh, opening thought. Actually, let me ask you this before we talk about this week's race. What were your thoughts about the all-star race at North Wilkesboro? From my perspective, it was cool to see the old track being used again. But I didn't like to love the format of the race, and I thought it was a little bit boring. Uh, Larson, obviously, really strong. But uh, what were your thoughts? It was neat to see it back in North Wilkesboro. Yeah, it was great. They have to keep that track around. Definitely. Uh, it definitely didn't have a lot of juice once the race started, though. It definitely seemed like the race was over very, very quick. Yeah, it was a little quick. Yeah, but, I, I'd I like to have seen it be a, a long battle, like a like an actual points race. I feel like would have yeah. been better. I also saw some people suggesting that maybe they take away the Coliseum and put dirt on there, and I mm-hmm. think that that's a terrible, yeah. terrible idea. I don't <laughs> think they should ever race on any dirt. Nah, I agree with ever. that. I, I agree. I, I think that was like one something you do once every ten years. I, I did. I'm, I'm, I've had enough of that. We 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 talk about it every Easter at Bristol. It's like it was cool one time, and that's it. I, I don't need to see it anymore. Let's let these guys. Bristol's is too good of a track. And North Wilkesboro, that track's cool. It's got it's got so such unique dimensions with the uphill and the downhill and different parts of the track. I mean, don't don't waste that with dirt. Like just yeah, I, I'd love to see a points race there. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, I think we'd see a totally different race if yes. there was something on the line there. 100%. No, I agree. I agree. I thought it was lost its luster a little bit just because of that, but it's good to see it. It's good to see compared to what that speedway was a few years ago and what Dale Jr. and those guys did to help get it going again. That's pretty neat. So hopefully they can get a get a date at some point. I know that's uh highly coveted as some of the other tracks uh 
maybe be threatened by it, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's just such a tough area to have a, a lot of people in, but yeah, they kudos say it's tough to, them. to get to. Yeah, yeah, I'll say, geez, right, literally in the middle of nowhere. It's yeah. it's crazy, but all right, let's get back to the six hundred. Uh, opening thoughts: uh, Who who's the guy to beat here? Is it Larson? Is it Kyle Busch? Is it uh, Denny Hamlin? Uh, where are you going? Uh, who's your money on early, or who do you, who are you leaning towards? I'm leaning towards the guy that's hated most right now, and that's Ross Chastain. <laughs> I got him circled too. Yeah, I just think Matt. He every it's a guarantee. He reminds me. Terrible comparison of like Jimmy Butler, but you know every race, every game, you're getting 100 percent effort. No, no question, no question, 100 percent. And you know he's going to run the the shit out of that car until he can't anymore. And people can't handle it, and and they always say they're going to do something, they never do it. He's finished good here before. Yep. I I just think he's him and Reddick are my two that I keep looking at. Reddick's a good price this week. I think 16 to one in that range. I think is pretty fair. Chastain at 10. Uh, Larson just. Way, way underpriced as far as his opening odds. Plus 450. I just can't take that. I know two years ago he absolutely dominated that race. I mean, he led literally every lap. Um, yep. But with these new cars now, I, I think things are going to be a little bit more even. I don't love him at plus 450. I mean, he could easily win. You know who I expect a big effort of out of this week? Uh, and his price isn't great, but I think Chase Elliott will run really well here. I think, I, I think he's due to have a... Kind of an I'm back kind of moment here uh, as he continues to get back to uh, after the injury. But what do you think of his chances? Yeah, I actually had him and maybe Byron as a watch these two because Byron yeah. hasn't raced very well here. And I don't know. I just feel like those Hendrick cars. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of ready to see him back up in the front again. Yeah, I would I would expect a big effort out of them. William Byron arguably could be considered the best driver on the circuit so far. Thus, you know, at this point in the season. He's been he's been great. Um, I want to get your opinion on this. I thought this was a major misprice. Um, in I don't know, maybe maybe I, maybe the internal information is is bad enough to to make it this price. Chase Briscoe one hundred to one to win this race. He ran really well here. He had a top five last I year. I, I one hundred to one, Matt. I don't know. I did. I know what you're talking about. I don't know if that was a mistype. Uh, I, I looked at like six different places and look, and I'm like, because at our place, at my job, I'm looking and I'm going through these this morning to make sure that the prices are right. And I was like, whoa, that's got to be wrong. And I'm like, well, it wouldn't have been 10 to 1. It wouldn't have been low enough for that. But I was thinking like 30 or 40, but 100. I mean, you're you're putting him in the same range as Ryan Priest and these guys. Like, Chris, I, I even thought Chris Busher at 100. I, I know Charlotte's a tough track, but Briscoe's run well there. Um, I, I think on principle alone, I'll take a shot with him. Uh, just on that, 101. I mean, to. that's that's you nuts. I mean, and this is a guy who was a playoff guy last year. Like he's, he. I know he's had a bad year. He has, but it, for his standards. But all it takes, and this is a really big race, and you know this well, uh, and a lot of our listeners may not. But next to the Daytona 500, this this 600 is one of the biggest premier races on the circuit, and one that the guys really want to win. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge for teams like the Stenhouse, McDowell, Busher, those type of teams. Oh yeah. Like Stenhouse was seventh here last year. He's yep. he's he's ran well this year at some speedways, and he's had some good finishes. I, how do, what are you thinking of him? I, I'm just I, no, born on, on I, I I think he's I think he's definitely a guy. He's he's a hundred to one also. Uh, I I think that's ludicrous. I I don't know what happened here. 
I'm I know this is a very uh, there's a lot of intricacies in the 600 mile race that a lot of these veterans benefit from and their their odds are reduced because of that. But and and obviously when you have a reduction in in, in a lot of guys odds are going to have an inflation in other guys. But I, I thought yeah I I agree I think Stenhouse is a definite guy a guy worth taking a shot at and even in a, as a top ten I mean you're going to get really good prices on him and Briscoe for top ten runs here. And uh, you have other guys who have run well here who have had bad seasons. Um, Austin Dillon's one. I mean, maybe I mean he's a hundred to one. I mean, there's another guy. I mean, he, he he. I think Austin Dillon might have won this race before, but he was close to. He might have got beat just late, but had a good car. Uh, I find it amazing. Uh, Austin Sindrick, a, a member of a good team. He, he I know the, I know the Fords haven't been great here. Um, I even thought Brad Keselowski at forty to one. I thought he was he was worth a look. Um, he's ran well here in the past and his team is, seems to be improving. And, but yeah, I think there's some value here. I know it'll probably happen is, uh, Larson or Elliot will probably dominate this race. I mean, Martin Truax dominated it a few years ago, not with this car, but, uh, you know, the, the old you model, him? I like him, but I think eight fifty is just too low for him. I was hoping you could get him 11 or 12 to one, but, uh, and I maybe take a shot. Kyle Busch at 11 to one is worth a look, I think. And then Harvick at 18, you know, he's dying to win one last race and, he would uh, really he like to one. do it here, I'm sure. I mean, a big yeah, spotlight he, he race. He needs one bad. Yeah. Do you think uh, it, between Denny and Larson, who do you feel better about entering this week? Larson. Yeah. Larson. I agree. I agree. Uh, and I agree with you. Tyler Reddick, I thought, was a, a good play at 16-1. to 1. I think he's very live. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking for something big out of Chase Elliott this week. I think I'll be taking him. I, I agree with you on Ross Chastain, too. Any any other long shots? I know we covered it. I mean, it doesn't get much longer in NASCAR than, than 100 to 1. I mean, you got guys in there. I mean, anybody? Joey Logano, what, he isn't, he's been weird here at this track, and he's not been running very well. What do you think of him? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at him because he's such a good driver, but nothing stood out to me like I can yeah. have some confidence in Joey Logano. Yeah, he's. I, I would say that the uh, the, the Penske's have not been great at this track, if, if recent memory serves me. This has been a Hendrick and Chevy domination, and, and occasionally the Toyotas get mixed in there too. Denny winning last year, Truax a few years ago, as I mentioned earlier, but... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The Fords, the Fords weren't very good. I'm looking at the last year, just glancing at last year's results. The Fords were not very good. And, uh, you know, maybe that's something that they got aerodynamically that's not been very good. You know, even consistent guys like Ron Blaney ran bad because Lowski was way down there. Uh, Sindrick way down there. Uh, Busher way down there. Yeah, you, you had a lot of guys that really, really struggled. But um, Joey Logano is a hard guy to, to, to you know, to pass on at 22 to one, but yeah, I don't know. I probably don't see a Ford win in this race. Uh, any other observations? Any, anybody else that you're, is, uh, is, is Bowman going to be back this week? I heard that he's possible. I don't think I haven't no, he's heard still going to be out. Okay. Yeah. Cause but I'm looking here last year. Harrison Burton was 11th. I don't <laughs> think he's going to be a top 10. No, I, I cannot believe Matt. I'm just looking at the Dylan Stenhouse and Briscoe. Those guys, I, the, their odds, if you have $5, yeah. Yeah, $5. I mean, it's, put it on. Yeah. I mean, it's a $500 win you get. I mean, and those guys, I mean, I know it's unlikely, but it's not impossible. And they all have good enough teams that they could win. So, uh, and I'd anything can happen. Ricky if, I'd put it on Ricky, Ricky out of any of them, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I highly recommend that. Uh, 500 to 1 on Stenhouse. I mean, uh, it, all right. So, let's get let's get your pick. Are you going with Chastain as your, as your winning pick? Yeah. Yep. All right. And I'm gonna go with uh, with Chase Elliott 
just I just have I don't know it's like one of those ones it's like it's a hunch like I don't know for whatever reason I just have a hunch he's gonna run well but uh I, I like Chastain. He was kind of back. It might be yeah. one of those like, "Hey, I'm back." Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking because he, you know, say what you want. There's guys on on his team. He's got Byron and Larson winning left and right right now, and you know it's pissing him off a little bit. So he's oh, yeah. he's definitely wanting to you know make a splash here. So I, I like him this week. But um, uh, any 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 other guys that we didn't touch on? Michael McDowell ran well here last year, but I don't I don't know if well, I how about no, Chris I Bell? Will... What do you think about him? He, I have him uh, in my like category, but yeah. the Chastain, Reddick, and Larson stood out way ahead yeah. of me, or yeah. ahead to me than than Christopher Bell did. Agreed. Yeah, I I I I, I like Bell. I think he's really good all around racer. But yeah, I agree. I probably pass on him this week. How about uh the uh I think he won it this race at least. Jeez, I don't even know, eight, eight times or at least one at this track. Jimmy Johnson, he's supposed to be in the field. What do you think no. of his chances? I don't think they're good. Dead last? I, I, not yet. <laughs> no, he, he'll beat Cody Ware in this, guys. But that, yeah, 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 maybe. <laughs> maybe. That, Corey LaJoy might be live against him. Yeah, that whole team is in a weird, weird place. Yeah. Like Motorsports or whatever oh. they are, Motor Club. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to make of them. Eric Jones, I mean, he, again, I don't nope. think he's a bad racer. How about, uh, before we wrap it up, um, a guy that, that I think is has been disappointing this season, uh, a greatly disappointing has uh, been Daniel Suarez. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a really talented driver. What are your thoughts on him? What do you mean? Thoughts just... I mean, he ran pretty well at North Wilkesboro, but uh, yeah, I mean, in the points but... races, he struggled. He's had a lot of bad luck. Do you think he turns it around? I mean, he's obviously getting good equipment. He's got the same stuff Chastain's got. And, I mean, last year he ran really well. What, what do you think his problem is so far? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I look at like upcoming races like that Chicago street course. Right. Like maybe that's one where he can figure something out because yeah. he, you know, he wanted a uh, Coda and uh, those. He's really good. Tracks, but he's really good at those tracks where you do a lot of shifting. I, I noticed that too. He, he's pretty good on the short tracks, and uh, I was expecting him to kind of kick it in gear with, uh, you know, Martinsville, Richmond, and that. But yeah, maybe t- going to take him a road course and street course to get him going. But um, I think you can eventually, if you can get on the right side of him, his prices are starting to drift up. Like he's he was he was in the twenties. 20 to one's high teens early in the season off of last year's success. Now he's drifting up into the thirties and forties. So if we can find the right spot to play him in and get hot, we could get a really good price on him. So hopefully we'll be able to spot that. Uh, any, any last observations on the, on the 600 or any of the other things we didn't cover in, on the racing day on Sunday? It's, it's potentially the best racing weekend of the year. Surely. So you, you gotta enjoy it. Yeah. That's from, that's my from, recommendation. From the moment you get up in the morning to the moment yeah. you go to sleep at night, you got action pretty much. And all day. Uh, it's yeah, let's just hope for uh well the F one it won't matter, but let's hope for good weather in the other two, because there's nothing worse than that when you're getting up on that Memorial Day Sunday and you start looking at the weather in Indy and the weather in Charlotte and it's like there's rain in the forecast and you're like, Oh no. It's the worst thing that could happen. I hate those Monday finishes. Although it wouldn't be as bad this week because of the holiday, but still uh, let's let's pray for good weather at least in two of the tracks the two the two run in North America. Yeah, please. Yeah. All right, Sammy. Any last thoughts on anything else sports related that we haven't uh, covered today, or uh, or are we ready to send off for the day and uh, start start getting ready for the weekend? 
I think we're ready to send off. I don't have much. I don't have a lot of positivity in the baseball field because you know <laughs> my team is yeah already a loss on the on the uh, in the standings for us today already. So yeah, yeah, we're real close to back where we're at at five hundred. So that's yeah. a shame. Yeah, keep. But the luckily, faith. I have screenshots of every time we've been in first place. So I have I have <laughs> Good. proof that it hold on happen. to those. Yeah. <laughs> it gets uh, lonely in the summer here as the oh, days drag get, on. Yeah. So all right, buddy. Well, hey, it was great having you back. Uh, good to see you. Um, as I mentioned, we'll we'll be off the next two weeks again. So, um, but your picks are always available, folks. So be sure and check us out on social media. Sam stuff's always there. He's always communicating me, with me, let me know what he's going with. So keep keep tailing him. He continues to put winners up for us, and we uh, are hopeful for some winners this week. Uh, Sam, have a uh, good weekend. Enjoy the racing. I'll be talking to you. And we'll see you back here in the studio on the Skype hotline in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Matt, you have a wonderful weekend. It was great talking to you, man. Great talking to you as always. All right, that's Sam, our racing analyst. We will uh, be back with him in a couple of weeks after a couple more vacations by me. Appreciate him joining the show as always. He does a wonderful job breaking down all the racing. He's really into that. Uh, just great to get a, you know another mind uh, in the studio here to talk to us uh, you know, virtually in the studio, I guess. But uh, great stuff from him. Uh, he knows his stuff. Can talk about pretty much anything, as you heard. Baseball, hockey, basketball, everything. So uh, that'll do it for us here on Better's Last Day. And Matt, with you, solo. I'll be back here in a couple of weeks. But be sure and follow our picks on social media. Check us out on the Watchdogs seven hours a week. Got our podcast coming out every Thursday. Jub does a great job with everything. Check out that store. Contact at thepinerypodcast.com is the email and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And uh, the more fan involvement we get, the happier we are. Uh, love to talk betting or horse racing or anything you want to talk about. Uh, we'll be happy to indulge. So have a great weekend. Enjoy the races. Enjoy the uh, playoff action if it's still going by then. And enjoy the baseball. Uh, we will be back here on Better's Last Stand in a couple of weeks. Good luck. And we will see you soon. Bye.